we hold him with Kazari in the middle of Isaac Gimel. And he spoke about why the philosophers are, even with their quest for knowledge, are very different to what we're looking to understand, what we're looking to relate to by appreciating the concept of Hashem. Now, he says a very interesting thing. He says, if they, if they had been honest, the a philosopher had really wanted to know the MS and uh, not being dis- misled by wanting to depict the world in a certain way. And therefore, we said, the philosopher is going to say, well, I've had to prove. And if he's going to say, well, I'm explore the world, uh, I haven't found proof of its creation, I haven't found proof of uh, Hashem, if that would be the case, and they would honestly be looking for the MS, then what would we expect the philosopher to do? If there had been a philosopher who was willing to be honest and was really looking for the truth, so, he should say to those people who have the Torah, and then parentheses, I'm Sakr Sakharis, what he said, and then is, and then is, I can't deny the Torah, I don't know it, I haven't, I, haven't, I never, I don't have proof of it, but, if you're saying there's such a thing, I can't deny it. If that's okay, so I'm willing to listen to it. On the Manichach and the What I know about is physical, is like uh, knowledge that humans can come to and that I can understand. And this is, a, this is let's just say in our words, this principle that he's trying to explain. And that is, it's something which we can say in simpler words as well. That is, if I'm, let's say, proficient in a certain field, I'm not in a certain field of science. So there'll be things which I can say that in my field of expertise I don't know about them. I can't prove them, I have a good uh, don't feature in that field. And therefore I can either say, well this isn't my field, you know, maybe there'll be people who do not that. I don't know. I have no proof. And that would be the honest approach. Or I could say it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. If I in my field I don't see it, then I deny its existence. It doesn't exist. Now that's not an honest approach because that means that I'm not prepared to listen to maybe there's something that I'm not aware of. I'm not prepared to listen to another option. It means I'm very close to one way of thinking only. And that's, uh, and if it's that, in, in that sense, in that understanding, I can't prove it, so then I'm not, I'm not even willing to listen to any other point of view. So it's the same thing over here. If science can't prove, let's say, if science can't prove or disprove Hashem, assuming, assuming they were right in the study of the world, they couldn't come to a proof either way. We can argue that point too, but even at, let's go with what they were understanding, and then we're going to let's say with, with the, the way they understood the world, and that is we can't see any absolute proof here to the fact that there's a creator. Okay, so then what you should say is we we don't have conclusive proof. There must be other fields of knowledge, and if the people who claim that they have a tradition, the people who claim that they have proof, just speak to them and see what they have to say. If you are honestly looking to to decide the question, then you should be open to listening to all the points of view. Whereas if a person is going to say categorically. I don't, in, my, in my way of understanding, I don't see it, therefore it can't be. That's uh, not an honest way to, uh, to approach a topic. It's like in, if I'm looking at it only from one perspective, and that perspective isn't there, then I'm saying it doesn't exist. Uh, now, that's why he says the most honest, interesting, he's not the only one to say this. A, a few of the other Rishonim uh, say also, and that is the only honest of the Greek philosophers of Socrates, because he was willing to listen. He went to ask people what did they think, what did they... He wasn't uh, completely based on and bound to his own way of learning and wouldn't accept anything else. And he says, you're awesome. 
He says the, 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 the honest answer would be to say that I can't, what you're claiming that there's a creator, I can't prove it, I can't disprove it. The world isn't a proof to Hashem if you're going to look at it from their point of view. The world isn't a disproof either, or a proof. So then he went, I'm willing to listen to other things they might be. Anyway, and therefore he says the being has expounded on much more viable Khalabasman in the beginning of Kovasarat. He says the philosophers weren't really coming to be honest. They weren't weighing up the, the options logically and being and trying to discover the MS. They had a they had a nitir, they had a certain uh, result they wanted to come to. And therefore because the being has that uh, they once they decided that they could bolster whatever position they wanted they weren't prepared to, they weren't looking for anything more than that. Okay, so that's, uh, therefore, that's, uh, the, he says, the, what the, the combination of his argument, what the difference is between the way the philosophers look to see if there's a creator in us, is that other countries, the philosophers, uh, firstly, don't accept a creator in the sense that the world's created, and they're not looking for that, they're looking to explain the world without that, whereas we'll be looking for the creator. Now, let's go back to what the question that the king asked him. And the king asked him, he said that the other religions are much closer to you. Because they also believe in the, in, in the fact that there's a, a, a creator, and they also believe in worshiping the creator. So he says, but, so it's true, we, we, we don't share much common ground with the philosophers, or the say the scientists, or the atheists, or whatever you want to call them. But, uh, and what about the second category? How much commonality is it between us and other religions? So that's what he speaks about next. Achela Hagrim, Hagrim again, the short of Hagar, he means the Arabs. Achela Hagrim, Karbu, on the one hand they came close, in other words they also accept the fact that there's one God who's uh, not a physical entity, but as much as they came close, Rachaku, they distanced themselves again. And he says, and if you're not going to say that, then he as you know, is the king of Israel, the one who introduced uh, worshipping golden calves. Back in the Dark Israel, Yerovim was always called the one who was Chotz of Machdis Israel, and and took 10, 12, 10 of the twelve tribes, and uh, was Makal called them. He, he kind of set them in a path of destruction. But he said they were closer to us. If you're going to talk about how close they were to Yiddishkeit, they were very close to Yiddishkeit. They still believed in Hashem and they still believed in the Torah. They just added their own their own uh, uh, idols, or whatever you want to call it, the forms which they worshipped as well. By him. The, the people of Yerobim, the said ten tribes, they worshipped idols, they worshipped these calves, but they had Yisrael, they were still Jews. They might have still kept Rishim, they had Shabbos, they kept Shabbos, the Shabbos, the Shabbos, the Shabbos, the Shabbos, the Shabbos, the Whatever they decided for, in order to create the new religion of worshipping the golden calves, so they made a new Chag, or whatever it was that they would, they were Karbonis. Of two, out of the base of Mingdash, but besides for those few Avers, we're going to call it that they did, they were Jews. They still believed that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, they still believed that they were part of the Jewish people. And uh, just like the people who worshipped Azov, they also were Jews, they also believed in Hashem, and they also believed they came out of Mitzrayim, they, they experienced it. And therefore, he's saying if you're going to talk about What's most similar to Yiddishkeit? So yes, we'll talk about uh, groups of people who in some ways were similar to Yiddishkeit. But nevertheless, we understand that uh, be- being as, as similar as they may have been, uh, you're not serving Hashem anymore. Once you've started serving a Vedasar, so even if everything else is similar, that's a tremendous difference. And therefore, we, we, we just did, 
disassociate, we detach ourselves from the Ayyadabadazara, even if they would claim that they're still Jews and they're still serving Hashem. Now, this is a very important point of Ashkafa, because we can talk about lots of other splinter groups in Thai Israel, exactly the same. They accept that they're Jews, they still, to more, some extent, uh, believe in the Jewish tradition, they still believe in Hashem to more or less extent, but whatever they've decided to change along the way, they change. This used to be always the arguments against uh, the various kind of reform and other such movements. And once upon a time, today they don't believe in Hashem at all, so it's a, it's a, there's nothing to talk about. But even once upon a time, 200 years ago, when, it's, when the movement began, so they were still held that you know, the Torah is a Torah, but we'll make small changes and we'll adapt it to certain takonas, whatever it is. So that's the case. Do we look at them as being very similar to us or not? And as on the whole, they're still Jews, they're still keeping most of the Torah. They are the changes that they make. How do we look at the people of Europe? How do you look at the ten tribes? They were, on the whole, they were Jews. They were keeping out of the mitzvahs. They still does have a terror, but on the other hand, they're doing things wrong. And therefore, it says, before you go to, are we similar to, the, to Islam or not, to other religions, let's even talk about splinter groups within the Jewish people. Or do we consider ourselves like, say, like it's similar to us? Or do we say, no, one is the major difference between us. So it's true, there's a lot of similarity, but that's, we, not, we don't identify with them anymore. They're too different. And that's always been the response. Just like the Sarah Sashvatim are considered Khoitim Mahti, they were considered Abdabadazar for worshipping caste. And uh, same thing, the Gadayim at the time when the reform movement and there's other branches, the Askar or whatever began, so then this is not we don't, this is this is a so to speak a Khalik of Khaisha which is being detached from Khaisha. This isn't what we accept. This isn't something which is also okay because it's so similar. We don't share a we don't need to make a, a you know, we we're, have so much common ground, so we're going to work together. We see it as being a, something which is no longer Yiddish, right? Because it's when there's a major difference between us and them, so that's the case. This is the word of Sashem. Is it, is it the fact that they're coming with a shita that we're allowed to change things? Yeah, for sure. Because there are people that do a various No, that's the thing. What's the difference between a person who is consensus orthodoxy doesn't keep Shabbos, and the person who consensus reformer doesn't keep Shabbos. And the Moshe says the best thing is to say. And that is that the person who doesn't keep Shabbos, he does a various, people can do a various, but we can still accept it, they're part of the Jewish people. But if a person beshitta holds that, we, that, we, that we're going to change their religion, okay, so then it's no longer the religion of Shemgevus, it's no longer Taras Moshe. And if that's the case, it's no longer, we don't identify with that anymore as part of Taishra. What does that mean practically? We don't count them in a minion? We, we don't count them as a minion, right? And we can't use them as an aid. And you we can't, can't count them in a minion? No. The person's a okay, we can't count them in a minion. The ten tribes, they couldn't count them in a minion? If they were considered, I'd never desire. And Obedabodazara can't count in a minion. If he doesn't, if that's what he believes in, so that's going to transgress him on the, the cardinal principles of Yiddish fact. So then, yeah, there's nothing to declare on the right. And he doesn't get the status of fast. We don't treat him like a woman of Taishra. Whereas the person's done a various, Inshallah, he's not he's not disagreeing with that the Torah. He's just having a difficulty keeping the Torah. Okay, so we can still include him for most things as a, as a member of Kaisha. Now, and then if we say if that's what we're going to say about people within Kaisha who weren't doing what Kaisha meant to do, so for sure if you're going to go to different religions, then they have nothing to do with us. The fact that they've accepted certain principles from us. That there's one God and that you have to pray to whatever it is, doesn't make us any name similar. And therefore it says, The only good thing or the only matter that there is in Islam 
is that they don't have idols, they don't have uh, uh, statues that they worship. But they changed the direction of the downing from Yishalayim to their own city Mecca. So they looked for spirituality in a place where it isn't there. Zulas, besides the fact that she knows some they don't keep any of the mitzvahs. There's nothing to do with us. There's nothing to do with us. And now I want to tell you, the Kuzari only talks about the Hagrid, who calls Islam, in this instance. Um, and I want to tell you a very, very fascinating opinion of the Rishon, and that is regarding the Christians. Because as we know, Christianity was Be'etim began as a splinter group within the Jewish people. Yashka himself was a Jew. Yashka claimed he was a Jew. Yashka kept the mitzvah, so that's what he says about himself. And his original students were a few, a small band of, of defects from the Jewish people, the factors who, no, who joined him. And uh, Be'etzin, the original claim was that this is the Jewish religion. It didn't start off as a separate religion. It started off as a, a, a subset in the Jewish people, and they just claimed that Yashka was a Navi, Yashka was Mashiach, whatever he was, but they, they claimed to be Jews. They claimed to be Jews, and, they claimed, and you see that. Until his dying day, the last meal that they always talk about was the Pesach set. Uh, so uh, the Pesach set was uh, it wasn't sent to, it was meant, to, meant to be a different religion. It was something which was bred out of the Jewish people. It was meant to be a form of Yiddish. So what happened? So historically, if you find the story of Christianity, at that stage nothing happened. Yashka was killed, his students disbanded, they believed what they believed. It wasn't uh, any. Uh, they became. They remained this, this small like, group of uh, outcasts within Jewish society until a hundred plus years later, when some very enigmatic fellow comes along. His name was Shaul. Very what? An unusual, like strange person. Mm-hmm. His name was Shaul. Saul from Tarshish. Uh, they call him the Christians called Saul of Tarshish. Recalled Shaul from Tarshish, and uh, he started also a Jew, and then he he moves to where the Christians were, which was that stage in Rome. And he comes as a prophet to to, 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 to give them guidelines for the religion. What does that mean, where the Christians were? The, the, that sect, that small group, had, remember, this is after the Furban now. His, so long, his students, meaning Yashka students, students. Students, students. a long time after, it was a hundred years later. Oh, okay. But they the, were bigger the, now? They're not really, but they moved to Rome, because after the gods, a lot of Jews moved to Rome. Yeah. So he went there, he changed his name to Paul, which is more, oh, of, a very, uh, which is more of a non-Jewish name. And he gave long lectures to the Christians about how to, chat, how to what their religion was meant to be. And he was the one who told them, you don't have to keep any of the mitzvahs anymore. And he was the one who changed everything, everything about the religion, from Shabbos to Sunday, everything about it, to make it a completely different religion. And this fellow Paul, was, he lived in a, in a castle by himself. He, had, he just used to give rushes from the window, the roof, wherever it was, of the castle to the, the people underneath. He had nothing to do with anybody. He was a hermit, he lived his life by himself in his tower. Except for these long drushes, which he uh, basically, which shaped Christianity into what it later became. That was the the change of when it was originally some kind of a version of Judaism with the changes that in the Emunah to something which was a completely different religion, no shaykh. All the work of Paul. What was he? Who was he? What did he do? What, what did he get out of it? It's a very strange story. Uh, so it's a machlokus in the Rishonim, who he was, what he was, what he was trying to do. There is a shetah. That he was sent by the Chachamim to do that. He was a Jew, he was sent by the Chachamim to drive the Christians in a completely different direction. Because Chachamim was too much of a threat, they were too similar to 
And that's like as Jews might make this mistake. You know, we, we that's the middle, so what's the difference? I mean, this, it's not to have till today, you know, part of this group, part of that group, it's all Thai show. So they told that the same thing then too. So you know, they told the early Christians they're part of Thai show, so what's the difference? And therefore they wanted to be such a clear difference that there would be, everyone understand this isn't, there's no Havimina, this is part of the Jewish people. If that's the case, according to that, it should say at least, he was sent in order to, uh, to, so to speak, sent the Christianity in a completely different path. And then there's no shaykhs to Christ anymore. Why well, wasn't he the them instead? No, uh, it wasn't shaykhs. But at least that way it was clear that they were no longer uh, an alternative mm-hmm. to Jews for people who are Jews. Now, whether that's true or not true is debatable. We don't, again, like I said, he's a very uh, unclear personality. We don't know exactly what he was doing and why he's doing it. But it is such a day. Either way around, that's for sure that you saw it is true. And that is that if there's something too similar to Yiddishkeit, and therefore there's a danger, people might think this is also authentic, an authentic kind of Yiddishkeit. So we have to make it clear that it's not. It's not. As uh, I think it was Aviago Kamleski who said, I remember one other guy in America, he said uh, that what we really want is that reform and conservative, wouldn't call themselves reformed Jews or conservative Jews, call themselves something else. Call them themselves a different name. But the fact that they still call themselves something Jews means make people think this is a advantage branch or an acceptable stream of Judaism. It's nothing to do with Gideon Especially now, the reforms aren't even Jewish anymore. Right, so don't call yourself Jews, call yourself something else, reform Americans, whatever you want to call yourself. But uh, the don't call it Jews, it's not Klai Yisrael. And that's, that's the same point here. Yeravim, once he, he led Klai Yisrael down the track of serving over his Arab, so he said, we don't have anything to do with him anymore. Now, that is very interesting, because now the Kazari responds to this, and he, he asks a question. Now, to understand what the king is going to ask, you have to know a little bit of the history. The history of the ten tribes. The first king who established the kingdom of Israel, the ten tribes, was Yeravim. Yeravim had a problem. Yeravim's problem was that if Kaisha were going to go to Yerushalayim, to where the regal, then Yerushalayim is in the, in, the prof- in the territory of Yehuda, and they're all going to see that uh, there's a different king in Yehuda. Maybe they'll feel that that's why they have to you know, re- return their loyalty to him, and that's what jeopardized Yeravim's king. Who was the king? Yerachava, the son of Shlomo. And therefore, what Yerobin did, yeah, the son of Shlomo, Rehobin. And therefore, what Yerobin did is he, had, he he created this cult of serving calves as a way to so Klai shall go to the calves, not to Yishalayim. And uh, therefore, it was a, it was a tantamount of a desire. It was just like the Eglazov. Yerobin was punished for, like I say, the one who was fought to Mahdi Yisrael. But they were worshipping Hashem. They weren't worshipping the calf. Just like in the Eglazov and the Midbar, the calf was a representation of a certain Kayach Elyon. And they served it, but the I mean, they worshipped it, but the master, the intention was still to Hashem. Yeravim was serving a statue, but he wasn't a kofi. He wasn't. He didn't deny Hashem. He still accepted the, the Judaism and the and everything else. That was the first family of kings of the ten tribes. Russia, because he was Mahdi Klai Yisrael, but but the master, his movement was just serving Hashem through images or through statues to cause rather than in the basic English. The next family of kings of the service of Shvatim was the family of Ahav. Ahav was different. Ahav was a bigger rush than Yeravim. And instead of Ahav, Ahav worshipped the Baal. The Baal is the Vajazah. That's not serving Hashem anymore, but bowing down to a model or to a statue. That's the Vajazah, serving something else. It's you know, a different, uh, a different uh, deity, a different religion. And Ahab introduced the battle to Kaishal, that was real of Buddhism. It was a completely different thing. 
and that's why uh, when Yahu, who was the third family of kings, uh, Elisha comes to Elisha says the Novi to Yahu, was then the general of the army, and he says that he wants you to destroy Achav and his whole family, serving the Baal. So Yahu goes and he wipes out Achav's family and all the worshippers of the Baal, the whole cult, everybody. He kills thousands of people to destroy the, the cult of the Baal, and he goes back to worshiping the powers of Europe. So here yeah, it wasn't a bad desire. He went back to the previous mistake. There's two different, uh, you will see Malachim, there's two different issues going on. One was the mistake of the Baal worshippers, which was absolute of Ezra. And the other one was worshipping the calves, but really their Kavana was to Hashem. And that's what the Kazari, the king, is going to point out. And he says, You said that uh, the Jews who worship the Ezra are not in the part of us. He says there's a very big difference between Yeravim's family and his, what he did, and later on, what Achav's family did. He explains very clearly. It was what Achav brought into the Jewish people, was the Avodazar of the Baal. That's absent Avodazar. They believed in some other force and some other power. And so he also says to Jewish people, In other words, it was either or. The worshippers of Baal didn't believe in Hashem. And that's why Eliyahu says, you have to choose. Do you believe in Hashem or do you believe in the Baal? The Gwaran Chodin says, if Achav was the Ovid of Ezra, then his Shechet is not a Shechet. And it says that one time, Yashapat, the king of Yehuda, who was a Tariq, ate a meal with Achav, how could he eat with him? Yeah, it's a Shechet of Ovid of Ezra, it's, 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 it's in the Veda. The same thing with Yehuda, I know he said that he fought the battle of Hashem, he wasn't talking about the calves. When he said, Kasha Amar, Kanoi Kinesh, Hashem, and the Kate Sorakis, I fought the battle of Hashem, he meant against the Baal, because the Baal was an Avodazar. When it came to Yerabim, they still believed in Hashem. And the Nevi'im, that's the word that says it's from the time of Yerabim, were the Nevi'im from Hashem. Whereas the Nevi'i Achav, or the Nevi'i Baal. Whereas when it came to Achav, we're talking about Avodazar now. So then we talk about the Nabiya Abal, the prophets who came from Abedazar. So we got some spiritual message from the from Kaifa of the Tullah. It was a completely different thing. And the Emperor says, He was the general who turned into the king. He, went, he staged the rebellion. And he, he, he killed Achav's grandson and his whole family. And his job was to destroy Achav. And he, he did that. He worked very hard to wipe out the cult of the Baal. He tricked everybody. When he became the king, what he said, he said, he said, He says, Achab worshipped the Baal a bit, Yeh was going to serve it much more, and therefore he makes a huge hall, and he invites all the Baal adherents in Klai to come for a major Baal worshipping ceremony. That's what he says. And what happened is, one they all inside, so then he, see, he, thought, he, he uses his soldiers to surround him, and he killed everybody. Although uh, that's, that destroyed the Baal cult in Klai Yisrael, that, that, that was the end of the worship of the Baal, he killed all, all its followers. Whereas he didn't touch the Agon, and then he, he went back to himself. Similarly, with the people who made the Eglazov, and uh, the group of Yerabam, the people who made private bombers, which means they owned private these baths, and they went to the this is a big Kiddush. Even the idol of Mecha, which you don't want to show him, 
they weren't making new religions. They thought that this was a way to serve Hashem, and therefore it was a mistake in what they did, but it wasn't a mistake in in uh, in the Hashkafa, in the Amunah. That's no one's denying that. To worship an image, even if one's doing it in order to serve Hashem, is Asr. And the Torah says the person for that. If a person would marry his sister, whether it is the Tzarech, because he's almost married at the time, because of the Yetzirah, and he's doing it in a very high Misa. But if he's still doing all the other Mitzvahs, we can't say he's not a Jew. He's doing an Averit, he needs to get punished, but the Maisa, he hasn't lost his, his uh, identity as Taishra. Saying a person has an overwhelming desire to eat trefe, and he does, it doesn't render him a non Jew. And therefore, so he's doing things wrong, he's not the biggest study, but he's still a Jew. And therefore, the, the, the king wants to say, you can't say that Europe wasn't a Jew. He might have been doing big Averis, but he, he wasn't not a man. In other words, uh, it didn't affect his demon. It was uh, uh, he was doing something wrong, and for sure he's, not, he's a Russian. That's different to someone who rejects Hashem and then he loses his his shaykhus uh, like Hashem. He's just backing up the the Chacham's point. He's just no, it's asking the question. The Chacham said that we have nothing to do with Yerubim and Tziyasai because they were evidently, even though they were serving mitzvahs, they were worshiping idols. So the king is saying to him, they don't they weren't worshiping something else. They're worshipping Hashem and with, through these things. Or just Yerobam is talking about. Right, he's talking about Yerobam. What, what the Chacham said, that Yerobam and his group are Kilu Muslim, but Lema'isa, they were Oiv Dabay Rizara. He says, no, they weren't Oiv Dabay Rizara. They were, they were, were worshipping statues with the intention that um, this is the way they wanted to serve Hashem. Which was wrong. It was an Avera, it was a mistake. But it wasn't the same thing as the person who is an Oiv Dabay Rizara and is worshipping something else. That's a completely different level. So he's asking just on the Yerovim point. Right, right. Okay, I missed point. Why? Why? So now, before we go back and, and as the next tomorrow, we'll see the answer of the Chacham. But, uh, next time we see the answer of the Chacham. Let's, let's go back, let's follow, you know, we've gone along a lot of different points we've spoken about. Let's go back and follow the flow of the argument. Where are we going? Where are we going? So the, 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 the argument started, I mean, it's the discussion in Charity. It began with the king wanting to know how we, how we relate to Hashem. Hashem's names, and how we relate to the concept of Hashem, and how we relate to prophecy, and how we understand people can see prophecy. And in other words, the, 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 the idea of how Israel define and relate to the concept of something spiritual, the concept of the divine. And the Chacham explained that later, that it means that we can, different names of Hashem mean different ways Hashem acts. And Hashem's covet and Hashem's glory means somewhere where we see that Hashem is doing things different to the norm. And that there's prophecy that the prophets can see, or in a spiritual sense, and he explains in detail how we relate to spiritual, uh, to a spiritual dimension, a spiritual world. And then he speaks about places where it was there's more spirituality, in times there's more spirituality, and therefore the, the way that we Christ are aware of such things is and how we relate to them. So then the king asks him, why is that different to the other religions who also claim their spirituality? And the Chacham goes to explain, they don't. They just copy it from us. They have no spirituality, they just copy it from us. And then when they, when they were trying to sell it to whoever the target audience was, so then they blended it with whatever the original origin of those people was to make it something which would be more palatable to their audience. And that's the proof there's no real spirituality because the places which they call holy and the things they call holy, nothing ever happened there. No one ever claimed that anything spiritual happened in Mecca, no one ever claimed that anything spiritual happened in Rome. 
at Edelwhite, it was the site of the Vedasara or the pagan temple, whatever else they worshipped until then. And therefore, they just took what they could from us and blended whatever they got with whatever the host cultural religion was and made something new. Which is a bit of a mishmash because it doesn't really fit together, like he explained. But his point was there's no spirituality there. Anything that they're claiming is uh, uh, spiritual, is what they took from us. So then the king asks him that. But Lemaissa, you're still in the same camp because they, they also, like you, are claiming that there's a God which you have to serve as opposed to the philosophers who don't claim there's a God you have to serve. So the, the Chacham backtracks. He says, I agree with you. The philosophers have nothing to do with them. They don't believe in anything and if they do, then it's because it is, it's a, a conceptual idea which doesn't behave them. And in that sense, it's true. We have nothing to do with philosophers. But what you said about the other religions that therefore we're in the same camp as them says the Chacham, I don't agree with them. You're not in the same camp as them. And he says, just because they claim to believe, that's nothing to do with us. It's uh, that's where goes, that's where we got to until now. In other words, their claim to believe is a uh, stack of a desire. They're believing in something else. The fact that they say no, it's, it's uh, they're worshiping Hashem, but not an idol. But the said they're not worshiping Hashem. They're still, it was still a blend of paganism and everything else. And then as a side point, he brought us a proof to that that even the Jewish people who believed in Hashem and believed in Mitzrayim and kept most of the Torah, once they're going to serve a desire, then we, well, that's not part of us anymore. And at that, because I says to him, one second, your example is not a good example. Yeravim wasn't serving a Vedazar. Yeravim was serving Hashem. He was doing an Avera, and that we can grant him. He was doing something wrong. But it wasn't a Vedazar. Acham was a Vedazar. That you can say is a different religion, and you can accept that. But when you, called, you spoke about Yeravim, that's not a different religion. That's serving Hashem in the wrong way. That's what we got until now. And now the king is in Vedashem. We'll see next time. The Chacham is going to answer back to that and explain why he says that even the, even the a, a, a Yeravim he wants to put in the category of uh, not part of the ice